In this episode of Negative Modifier, we'll be playing the game Delta Green. Delta Green, by design, tackles various mature themes that may be uncomfortable or triggering for listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, it's Charlie, Negative Modifier's Game Master. First off, thank you for giving us a listen. As always, expect something horrible to happen to the players. If you're a fan, support us by leaving a review on iTunes. If you hate the show, consider doing it anyway and enjoying the fact that you've inflicted us on someone else. For the most up-to-date news in the podcast, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and with that... So, Dr. Marlowe, you've just watched Captain Luckman get basically grabbed, feels like the wrong phrase, but kind of connected to this chair. You saw the cables go out, you saw them integrate with him, you saw him kind of do that zoning out thing for a split second. He's not in tons of pain, but he's not doing great. Like, a very violent, bizarre moment has just happened. Like, across the board, there's a lot to kind of unpack and what just kind of played out in front of you. You saw this chair come alive. It integrated itself with human flesh. Again, you have no idea how it's doing really any of this. Like, none of your research prior to this indicated it could even do any of that. What's your immediate reaction to this? Like, you've had visions. You're the one that found the chair in the first place. Any immediate reactions to seeing this whole just kind of bizarreness kick off? My first concern is making sure that, like, Luckman is okay. I mean, beyond anything else, like, that's first and foremost my number one thing. Obviously, the chair will be addressed, but, like, yeah, first and foremost, I want to make sure that Luckman is okay. Yeah, and I mean, like, aside for the fact that this chair has forced wires into him and he is in excruciating amounts of pain, is experiencing a slow, kind of consistent electrical shock, he's as okay as one can be in that circumstance. Admittedly, he just had a bit of a vision play out in his mind, though, too, so... There's that going on, but yeah. Now that you've rejoined us from your vision, you've kind of gotten a chance to take stock of the situation. What's your reaction to it, Captain Luckman? Well, I'm still plugged in. Yep. So I'm not having the greatest time. I just saw some weird shit, and it's kind of confirming just the almost unreliable information that you get. Like, you hear something, and you're just not quite, like, it's incredibly doubtful. But I think in this moment... This is not something that he's quite thinking about. It's kind of the primal fear of just something happened. It's freaky, unnatural, and it's still happening now. Sure. So my immediate kind of response is to attempt to just kind of rip all the things out. Like think of a movie in the way that someone just kind of wakes up from a coma and they immediately start ripping out all the medical devices and stuff. Sure. Yeah, yeah, and I was going to say, like, doing that with yourself is going to be impossible. While you're kind of trying to do about doing that, both of you give me an alertness. Alertness, you say? Yep. I have a pretty high alertness, but at the same time, I'm in incredible duress. You know what? Maybe I should start naming all my characters lucky. 61% <laughs> success. And Dr. Merlo? 52 out of 30, failure. All right, so this kind of makes sense. Dr. Merrill, you're kind of trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And also, Captain Lookman, you have a bit of an elevated position, seeing as you are on the chair. And you see both Harris standing in the doorway to his office, just staring at you with this look of confusion, maybe a little bit of shock and horror on his face, but definitely a heavy dose of what the hell now. But then also kind of off to the side towards where the Blue Fly soldiers have been mostly stationed in kind of their staging area. You see Farrell looking at this kind of, give me a human int. See, that one, on the other hand, is not so great. 98% failure out of 10%. Hmm. 
you're having a hard time placing it exactly, but there's almost like a there's concern, but also a little bit of glee on his face almost. And that's definitely confusing and that doesn't make a lot of sense. But yeah, two very different reactions, but both are just kind of transfixed on you on the chair as you try and kind of pull up these cables and they're not coming out easily. How far away are they? You said they were in the office, so it's like they're kind of like half a football field away or not less than that. I'd probably say like within 20 or 30 feet, give or take like. OK, OK. Close enough, you can see them well enough, you can see their faces to kind of register the baseline emotions of it kind of thing, but not so close that it's easy to do so, or that you might not have gotten the kind of reading of them a little bit wrong. For sure. As that's happening, I'm kind of, and I'm clawing at it, I am yelling at the top of my lungs, just because I'm struggling at this point. What the fuck? Stop standing there! Get me out! While Luckman yells that, I'm gonna, like, run over there and, like, try to like, help them out somehow, just to, like, assess the situation. Alright, so I gotta try pulling on the cable, see if you can move them or something? Yeah, just whatever I can do to help at that point. If if it's pulling the cables is, like, the easiest thing to try to do, like, help out, then, yeah, that's what I'll do. Yeah, give me an intelligence. I rolled a 98 out of 90 failure. Alright. Give me a strength chest at plus 20. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I rolled a 65 out of modified 70, which is 50 plus 20. For a success. Now roll me a 1d4. I rolled a 2. Lookman, you take 2 points of damage as Merlo kind of pulls at these cables. You feel them just like in your capillaries, in your veins, in your skin, underneath it, wrapped around bone, just pulling at it. It's unbelievably painful. Like it's gotten a hold of you on a like below the skin level. It really doesn't want to come out. And you're feeling just kind of these jerks pulling at you. Maybe on some of your organs, even definitely around your ribs. It's incredibly painful. Oh, so they're still stuck inside. Oh, yeah. They're not coming out. Fuck. Holy shit. Oh, stop, 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 stop. There's, uh, there's got to be. A, oh, God, there's got to be a better way than this. My HP has dropped to four with that hit. So at this point, I'll try to stop. I'll stop kind of clawing at it. And can I search, I guess, or just kind of see what's going on? Has anything changed with the chair? Can I move? pretty limberly or can i move pretty no you're pretty kind of on there can i look around can i see the chair behind me you can look around did you happen to have any craft skills though i have electrician and mechanic what's your mechanic skill my mechanic skill is 50 quick question i'd realize i have a flight helmet with an armor of one (laughs) does that help at all these ignore armor oh damn it okay these went through I'm grasping for straws, but you know, know. like, I know (laughs) a for effort as a mechanic, you would think to yourself, okay, if I can't pull these out, maybe I can cut them off. Cool. 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 Merlo, do you have, do you have a knife on you? Gotta require something better than a knife. This is made of metal after all, like a cutting torch or something. I'd like to look around the lab for some sort of like cutting torch. Oh, that's easy enough to find. Like they probably have some moxyacetylene cutting torches for maintenance repair for the helicopters or something finding an appropriate tool to do this not hard okay then uh yeah i'll grab that and i'll try to angle myself in a good spot so i don't hurt uh luckman any more than i already have and try to burn those off may i use my craft mechanic to coach merlo on how to do this i will let you give her a plus 10 you really can't do it though because that'd be like trying to cut around yourself but also, I don't think you have any mechanical skills, do you, Merlo? 
I do. You have lab skills, which are kind of transferable. This is a armed combat or a, a melee weapon combat role. Hmm. I mean, you have surgery. It, well, I don't have a surgical background, but I do have a science background, and you do have some semblance of like using like tools with precision. So, can I not roll an intelligence check? I mean, like it's. It, it, you're talking like this is the act of cutting. This is a physical event at that point. I mean, which is higher, your dexterity or your uh, melee combat? My dexterity is a nine, so it's 45 total. And then my melee is a 30. I'll let you roll dexterity at plus 10 because you have Lookman kind of coaching you through this. Okay. All right. I will attempt. I roll a four out of modified oh, 55 success. <laughs> nice. All right. So this takes some time. There's lots of small cables to cut through. This is very precision work with the blowtorch. This will probably take at least an hour to get through type of thing. People are looking at you. While you're doing this, give me an alertness. Uh, myself or Luckman? Both of you. Okay. 54% out of 70% success. <laughs> it makes sense. 66 out of 30, fumble. All right. So Captain Luckman, you notice that the blue fly teams are staying kind of they're keeping eyes on you. They're kind of keeping track of what's going on. The AFOSI agents definitely kind of seem to slink off into the growing dark of the sunset. They're still very much on base, but they are definitely no longer watching this go on. And uh, Dr. Merlo, as you're doing this, give me a uh, 1d4. 1d4, you got it. I rolled a 2 again. All right, so you're doing this blowtorch thing. You're not really kind of paying a lot of attention. You're hitting one spot a little bit too much, and you kind of put your elbow down onto it and just take two points of damage as you burn yourself kind of through whatever clothing you're wearing as it melts to your skin because of the heat. Okay. I was so scared that I was going to take that. <laughs> that brings <laughs> me from eight to a six. All right. So we're now going to jump over to Schuler. It's been about an hour since you left camp. You are with corpse cargo in tow. You are arriving in the town of Willis. The storm has begun to slowly pick up some. Also driving a trailer through not exactly perfect conditions, bit of slow work. You pull into the town of Willis, your cargo still attached. What are you doing now? I'm going to direct them to one of the, the older buildings in Willis, probably a church or something. Sure. Well, there is the church. Church is probably the biggest building in town. What are you looking to do, I guess, is the question at this point. We haven't been able to burn the bodies in any meaningful way. I was going to have them stuff these bodies into an old building and porch it. All right. There's a couple of houses you could go with. Like the seed and feed is probably the biggest empty space. That or Hank's house because it's just an open bar space. It's got to take some time to unload these out of the truck and into the building, though. Definitely. Do I think that it'll take more time than when the next event is supposed to occur? I mean, it's hundreds of bodies you have to move by hand. It's going to take some time to move all right cool all right but first all right you reach town your uh blue fly escort kind of looks at you all right i guess that's where we leave it look we have the go ahead to burn these things let's let's stuff them in the building over there and just just torch it that way you don't have to dig trenches or anything like that doc my orders were to bring them here and get them out of camp because people are getting uncomfortable with them being there look man that's a lot of dead people to move and between you and me, seeing as, well, a baby crawled out of one yesterday, that's going to be a real hard sell. All right. No, you're right. It's far enough away from Brother Watcher anyways, so 
unload them, get back to camp. Just, I, we could just leave the trailer here is what you're saying? Make sure it's all locked up. I can work with that. Yeah, so they go about doing that. I'm assuming you want the trailer, like, secure-secure? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they put some locks on it to kind of do it. They lock it up as best they can. They unhook it oh, from... Whoa, 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 hold on. I want to make sure it's secure from people getting out, too. How are you doing that? I tell the guy I was talking to. I don't know how I would do that. I'm leaving that up to him if he can pull it off. Yeah, so he kind of looks at you confused and goes, short of locking one of my guys in there, which I'm not about to do, we can lock these things up. If we brought some welding equipment, we could have like welded these things shut, but... I mean... It's kind of hard to open these things once you're inside. It's kind of the whole point to a certain extent. You might have some of your boys just move one or two pieces of heavy furniture in front of some of the uh, the doors. Kind of looks at you, gestures at the trailer part of it. He's like, it's almost eight feet up in the air. He's like, it's it's up in the air. Like, we'd have to get, like, no, the fucking right. grandest of fucking pianos to lean up against that shit. You're absolutely right. All right. We've done our best. Let's go back. All right. That's it? We're just dragging them out here and leaving them here? That's it for now. Tomorrow we'll come out and burn them. All right. Yeah, so they go about unhooking the stuff from the truck. They lock it up as best they can, probably wrap some extra chains around it, probably put a couple more locks on it than normal, and just start heading back towards Weatherwatcher HQ. As you're driving, give me an alertness. You can do that. 51 out of 35 fail. You see what you swear is movement kind of off on the side of the road, but maybe it's just trees passing as you're driving past it. Like, you're in a truck, you're moving pretty quick at this point. Like, maybe it's your nerves, you're not quite sure, but give me an intelligence. Yeah, I've experienced this before. I'm going to tap the guy in the car with me, and I'm going to tell him, look, uh, last time I was out here, I saw things moving in the trees. You should have some of your boys keep an eye out. And the intelligence is... Five out of 90 success. All right. So of the three of you, you probably know kind of quotations on this the most about how this works because you had front row seats to it. By your count, there are at least two based on stories you've heard from other people, probably at least four of those powered up, amped up, stronger, improved, whatever the correct word is, things out in the woods. You saw one get turned at the checkpoint, something got Dempsey, and that you assume that's probably enough to at least turn one of them. You've heard a couple stories about some attacks at base that resulted in something jumping off. You're pretty sure you can think of at least four of those things being out there. Possibly more. Yeah, when when I'm telling him that he should have his, his guys keep an eye out, I say, I think that there's at least four things out there that mean to do us harm, at least. He kind of looks at you. Yeah, no shit. A lot of shit out here tonight that probably wants to do us harm. Wasn't super thrilled bringing this shit out here because of that stuff. You were at the checkpoint, right? Yeah. I've heard a couple of stories. I wasn't there for the ones that happened at base, but I've heard some crazy stories that one of the one at the checkpoint, like, leaping off into the woods, dragging a full grown-ass man with him out into the trees. Yeah, there were a couple of those things that ambushed us at the checkpoint. They weren't very coordinated, but from what I could tell, when they hit, they hit hard. Shit, okay. Give me a luck check. 79 out of 50 fail. You never managed to kind of shake this feeling of something hunting you, tracking you maybe, but you never get any eyes on it either. Like, these things are surprisingly stealthy when they get up and running, as best you can tell. And you arrive back at base to kind of see 
Lookman climbing down a little bit worse for wear off of this chair thing. You see Marilo maybe nursing kind of a slight burn on one of her arms. What do you all do at that point? What time is it? It's about, I uh, will say, that took about an hour, hour and a half or so. So it's about kind of seven thirty, eight o'clock at night by now. All right. I'll walk over to Dempsey and Luckman and Merlo. So how did things go? Can we figure anything out about this? Kind of like nods to the chair. It's active. I severely needed some medical attention, but it's active. And what does active that mean? Active is one way to put it. This thing literally stabbed him. I don't know what that means. I don't know if they're still in my body. We were able to cut some out, but there is, I don't know if there's, you can see pieces on the floor left. Oh yeah, probably all the cables are still sticking out of you some. Like you only cut them off the chair. You did not get them out of your body necessarily. Yeah, so I'm going to just kind of point in the general direction of the cables. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, I, I need, I need help. I'm heading to the, I, need someone to call actually i don't think i can walk medical ward please uh yeah Schuler's just gonna shout out for a medic yeah someone runs over and kind of looks at him he's like there's only so much i honestly can do here this is some hospital shit i can try and patch you up some but you need to see like a doctor doctor real fucking quick probably a goddamn surgeon your doctor is right right i'm not that kind of doctor i mean I can give you the medicine you need to heal, but first someone's going to have to get those things out of your arm. Merlo, why don't you gather up those scraps and see if we can figure out what those cords are, the cables. I will go ahead and start gathering them up as requested and put them on some sort of like tray or something, I guess. I don't know if there's like something to just kind of hold them, but I figured a tray would be a good start. So I'll just throw them on that. I'll help Buckman too with the medic off to somewhere safer. All right. Yeah, kind of help them off somewhere. Do we still have guards with us? Since you went off with the Blue Fly soldiers, the escort didn't tag along for that, but they've picked up back with you now that you're back at base, yeah. Before we, we head off, I'm going to ask, I'm going to really fast run over to the Blue Fly commander that went out with us. I'm going to ask him, do you think you can spare an extra guy to watch each of us? Kind of looks at you and he's like, that's not really my call. That's a... That's a that's a feral call, and he's not looking to spare people right now, honestly. He's uh, pretty sure the big one, as he keeps saying over and over, is coming. But shit, something's got his ass spooked right now. All right, look, just just tell him I want to talk to him. Yeah, sure. Um, You all going to be off, kind of gestures his head, dealing with the captain there? Yeah. Yeah, I'll send him that way then. Tell him you're looking for him. Thanks. While Schuler is out, kind of talking, I kind of lean over to Marilo. Hey, did you see where all the AFOSI agents went? No, I I was focused on not trying to hurt you and collecting the stuff here, so I didn't notice they even them leaving or anything like that. Yeah, something weird, something suspicious is going on. Harris was kind of freaking out a little bit, but Farrell, I don't, I don't know what was going on Farrell. He almost looked happy watching me. Happy? I don't know. I might have been a little confused with how... Look, I was trying not to die, but something was up with Feral, and that's that's fucking me up real bad. Hmm. Just keep your eye out for any kind of AFOSI agents right now. I, I don't know what they're planning. My guess is it has something to do with 
with the the thing we talked about before. I wouldn't be mm. surprised if they're just itching for a chance to fire off Purgatory. Or maybe they're that one Delta Green thing they were talking about. They seemed kind of weird about that. Do you remember when they were talking about that? I was brief not to really even think about it, in all honesty. Jeez, Delta Green is, like, above my security level. Heard it a couple times, but not super familiar with it. Partly, was it Harris who went off about us, us yeah, being the Delta Green people? And the chances of any of you actually knowing that, like, maybe Lookman's heard the word Delta Green before, but, like, he's probably mistaken on that, too. Like, the, you have okay. not heard about Delta Green. Yeah, but we heard about it through Harris. Oh, yeah, Harris went off about it, most definitely, yep. So I look over at, at like, Lookman, and it's like, we've, we've known each other a long time. So, like, he started, Harris started going off about this, oh, you're Delta Green, but I have no idea what he was talking about. And, I mean, clearly... You don't know what I'm referencing because I just mentioned it and you don't know anything about it either. I mean, if if I was going to say someone was suspicious of it, I know who I'd pick right now. I mean, sure. My memory might not be like altogether 100% here. I mean, I am kind of dying at the moment, but I I think after just some rest or maybe if Shuler can get me some sort of painkiller, I can kind of clear my head. Because every single time I move, it's not, it's not great. Well, you just, just sit down or, or lie down. Like, so I look around the lab. Is there a place where Luckman can lay down? That's probably some makeshift surface he can lay down on. Yeah, there's probably some rudimentary kind of medic situation for them. They weren't expecting this. Like, this was not supposed to be some military operation. There's no triage center or kind of like surgery tent or anything like that. This was on paper a straightforward researching thing it didn't turn out that way obviously but kind of you are not prepared for this level of trauma mm -hmm. arguably the morgue might be your best bet of where to maybe go about kind of dealing with some of this because it would have at least maybe not quite the exact set of tools you need but closer to surgery tools and medical tools hmm. well right now i'm just looking for a spot to like make luckman comfortable like sure not necessarily looking for the surgery part, but just like a hey, trying to get you comfortable. I mean, you can use Bimmel's office as a desk in there. You can put them on. There's if you're just looking for kind of a surface to set up shop, and you could use the office you've been using to have them lay down on the table or something. Like that's a totally viable place to do it. I don't want to move too far. Is the problem because none of this is all that far. Like you're overthinking how big the space is. Okay, so I guess at this point, I kind of look over at Luckman and say, "Are you okay to move for a bit? I'd like to get you somewhere where you can like lay down." Um, like, at least just try to help you relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's just go over to one of these offices with the desk. We'll get you laid down. I'll see if I can find, like, some sort of comfort, like either blankets or pillows or something, so that you're not just laying on a hard desk and, you know, get you at least a little bit comfortable until we can get you, you know, some meds or something and address the cables in your arms. So, yeah, let's get let's get you situated. How dark is it kind of coming up? Oh, it's dark. And I will say at about exactly 745, 744, the weather starts to get real bad. Like the storm comes back with a vengeance. Mm. So after looking outside, I look at Luckman and I say, well, how far is it from where we are to like the desk that you had mentioned? I don't know, 20, 30 feet tops type of thing. I mean, I could move. I could. I could probably move that. Yeah, you're fine it's, to it's move not, that far. Yeah, 
It's not going to be the best, but... My concern is something jumping out of us in those 20, 30 feet, though. Yeah. I'll, if anything, I'll keep a lookout. Just let's let Schuler know where we're headed. Also, please make sure that somebody's walking or somebody's just posted. I do not have a gun right now. Are we alone? Is it just us two? I mean, people are around. Like, maybe Schuler's oh. helping you. Maybe he's not. Uh, Schuler, you helping them? Yeah. I've gotten back to help. It's the three of you that are immediately there, and you've got your two escorts that are kind of falling at a distance, and people are around. Probably some people were remarking about the chair, but now that you're off it, the spectacle has gone away, and they're going back to their jobs at that point. Like, they're definitely watching you because, hey, you just pulled Captain Lookman off the goddamn chair thing. But Gotcha. Okay, so I'm going to look at whatever, like, whoever agents or officers are available and say, hey, we're going to move Luckman to a location where they can lay down. I'm going to need some help here. Yeah, so a couple team come over and give you a hand getting them into the office. Okay. Yeah, once you get there, kind of one of the soldiers looks at you and kind of remarks. He's like, damn, I thought we were going to manage to avoid a cold one. Like, it's actually almost cold outside again. Wait, you're feeling cold? Kind of nods. He's like, yeah, maybe it's the shock, but picks up his canteen, shakes it, and kind of like looks at it confused, and then opens it up and pours it over, and nothing comes out, and he goes, Son of a bitch, it froze. So upon hearing that, can I, is there like a thermostat somewhere nearby so I can get a reading of what the outside is like right now, temperature wise? Oh yeah, but more importantly, give me an alertness. Everyone? Oh yeah. Uh, 52 out of 30 failure. That is a 57 out of 70% success. And a 14 out of 38 success. You are watching frost crawl across the windows, like... All the signs of a very dramatic and very major temperature drop are manifesting really quickly. Oh, no. What's happening? Oh, the soldier kind of looks at you confused, and his walkie-talkie starts chattering. And you hear someone kind of report, he's like, Hey, this is the lake team. The fucking lake just froze over. What trailer are we in? You're in the one you've been using as your office. I'm going to go around and start closing blinds and, like, turning up whatever, like, space heaters we have. Sure. I mean, that then also makes it uncomfortably warm for you. You're a little bit warmer in the trailer than you were outside, but thermostats are reporting. You've hit a point where just like it has gotten cold. Ice rapidly forming on the top of a lake cold. Yeah. Schuler's mind is that there's going to be another one of these cold snaps. Probably a valid fear. More importantly, kind of as you're bracing around doing this, Captain Lookman and Dr. Schuler also here over the walkie-talkie of the Blue Fly paratrooper. Some talk about how they need the helicopter crews ASAP. They're going to start taking off soon. Sorry. Helicopter? Are they going to send a helicopter up in this weather? Character knowledge. Would I understand what's kind of happening, especially if it's from the Blue Fly crew? Oh, it probably means purgatory is about to be put in the air. Yeah, that's what I was going to suspect immediately. The helicopter? Wait. I look over the other two. Oh, God, they're going to fire it. How are they going to fire it? I'm here. Ah, oh, shit. I'm pretty sure there's more than one person that knows how to use this thing now. No, I know, but listen, I know this is not the most ideal. We need to get into a helicopter. I mean, are you... I don't know how to fly a helicopter. Can you fly in your condition? I've got no choice, really, do I? You have anybody you can trust? Other than you? Yeah. I have my crew and I have my team, but look, I... Hold up. Hey, let me see your walkie-talkie real quick. I hands it over. Here you go, Captain. This is Captain Luckman, over. 
Hey, Captain, heard you were a little bit uh, banged up after time in the high chair. Don't worry, I got a replacement for you. Who's the replacement? I don't know. Kind of hear some scratching of papers. Someone. It's a bit chaotic over here. Uh, Farrell's a little bit pissed that Harris kind of just said, hey, we're doing this now. But um, yeah, we're putting birds in the air, apparently. The whole team about the lake that we left there is a little bit spooked that the lake's kind of frozen over. And, well, you know, better safe than sorry. Better safe than sorry. There's, It's absolutely freezing out there, and we're going to be able to fly? We've flown in worse, you know that. No, I know that, but still, geez Louise, especially with everything that's kind of going on right now. Shit. Copy that. Yeah, I'm not really all too good to fly at the moment, but I'm glad that there is at least someone to set up a replacement. This sucks, though. Really wanted to get up in the air. I turned the radio off. Look, I know it's dangerous, but it's fine. It's going to be pointed away from us. Purgatory's terrifying, but it's only terrifying in the wrong hands. My crew's there. We're going to be good. We're out of range for its effects anyway. Can I talk to you two in private? Yeah, sure. Yeah. We're moving out of here. Where do you want to go? Yeah, we'll just dip into here. I'll lead us into, like, the sleeping areas and just close the door behind us. Sure. So what's up, Shuler? What's on your mind? Look, is it concerning to either of you that we've brought back a chair that likes to hook its claws into people? A chair that was sitting in the middle of Pro Lake? Where something was appearing in the sky right above it. I mean, of all the concerned people, you're talking to the most concerned, seeing as how, you know. Yeah, well, we've seen what happens when that thing appears and how everybody loses their fucking mind. Imagine what's going to happen if it appears right above us. Shit. Are you saying that the chair is directly connected with all the shit that's happening in the sky? I can't say for sure, but there's a goddamn chair sitting out there that had tables, if that's what we can call them, that hooked into you and you had to be cut free. Now, that that's unnatural. That thing in the sky, that's unnatural. I mean, it's Occam's fucking razor. They have to be connected, right? Sure. Can I be candid with you real quick? Sure. So, I mean, it didn't just hook into me. I think I had a vision. I'm pretty sure I had a vision while I was under. I don't know, attack, if that thing was attacking or if that thing just reacts to whatever. So, like, when I got, I don't know if I blacked out and under pain or anything else like that, but I saw, like, blue and purple lights. And for whatever reason, it looked like cave people. They were just real weird looking. It's not even like cave people that you see at, like, the Natural History Museum, but they're, like, gray-yellow folks. They're just wearing loincloths, and they were gigantic. I think they were like mammoths, like woolly mammoths with them, but they were like at waist height. They were singing to me something about like the father of owls, owner of the sky, Langwalker, father of the ice that burns. I don't even know what a Langwalker was, but like I just got it. All right. And then, yeah, it felt good, though, almost. Like it was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. But when I snapped to, I mean, what you see the after effects of that. All right. All right. In your vision, where were you? Well, I was in the chair and I was surrounded by people in the chair. The chair was like a was like a shrine. Like I needed to be on that chair slash shrine. What if that's the answer? Yeah, that's my concern. 
I am thinking that you're probably right. All right, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I think that we need to see what happens when someone's connected to that chair when this this anomaly thing starts. I'm not going back on. You want me to go back on? Please tell me you don't want me to go back on. I want you to go back on, and I want Merlo and myself to do as many tests as we can on you and see what's happening to you while you're connected to that thing. Did it hurt when you were connected? Yes and no. Look, I'm hurting now. I'm not in the best of health, but... Look, is that a a yes, you knew it should hurt, so you thought it did, or yes, it actually hurt? Yes, it actually hurt. And then it didn't for a little bit. And then it did. I'm going to like go to the duffel bag that's probably slid under my bed, and I'm going to pull out some painkillers. Sure. Look, I'm not going to force you to do it, but I I think that this is the clear clue we have. I take the painkillers from you, but I do look at Merlo, and I kind of just wait for her response. I give her kind of eyes of just like, look, I trust you, but what do you say about this? This is your call. I don't want to see you hurt, but at the same time... We're running short on time because I look at a clock nearby. Is there a clock nearby I can look at? Yeah. Okay. So I look at the clock and what time does it read? I'll say it's getting close to 9 p.m. now. Okay. So I look at the clock and I say, we're running low on time. It's already almost nine o'clock. We only have a few hours left before potentially the next event happens. And if it is going to happen, it's going to happen right back over there. So I don't know. I will go with what you decide ultimately. I look down at the bottle of pain meds. Ultimately, I just kind of want to get us home. Two things. One, keep an eye out for Feral. Something's up. When I was hurting on that chair, he was not concerned whatsoever. If in anything else, it probably was a good thing for him. So keep an eye out for him. No AFOSI. Second thing, please, please, please do not let me die out there. And uh, I grab a handful of pain medications and I dry swallow them. All right. Yeah. So as you kind of gulp those down, there's a knock on the door to the trailer. It's open. You're kind of halfway through standing the door, swings in, and Major Farrell stands there looking at you. I heard you were looking for me. Yeah. Speak of devil. Look. I know that you're a bit short-staffed right now and things are going a bit crazy, but I wanted to see if you could spare some some guns to watch us. I mean, sure, but we're all going to the lake. Why? Obviously, that's where it's going to happen, right? Like, all your research says there's something above the lake. Whatever this goddamn alien thing that they're doing, we're going to be there, we're going to stop it. You may have to sift this one out, Captain. I understand you took a bit of a beating from a chair this evening, but... We're going to put purgatory in the air. We're going to have some air support. Whatever the fuck this thing is, we got it. Look, I was under the impression you didn't want to deploy purgatory. Situations change. Let's just say Harris made a decent argument for deploying it. What do you say? It is, after all, the best weapon we have here, and whatever the fuck these greys are up to, we'll get them with it. Look, you can leave a detachment behind with us. Kind of hems and he haws. I really want every gun I got at the lake. I, I want all my boys there. I want all the commandos. We're taking all the helicopters. I have looks at the FOSI agents. 
Besides, you already got babysitters, technically. I'll yeah. tell you what. If you leave a couple guns here, I'll come with you to help you run Purgatory. I helped develop the thing. No one knows Purgatory better than I do. No need, Doctor. We have fully functioning helicopters equipped with it. They're being prepped as we speak right now. And do you know what to do in case something goes wrong with it firing? If you have any weird issues booting it up? Do you have troubleshooting on deck ready to go? My team has been well-versed in how to handle the equipment. Not as well as I. I'm the one who designed it. Just because you designed the damn thing doesn't mean you're actually any good at maintaining it once it's in the field. I have nothing but confidence in my team's ability to succeed in this topic. Look, no one's questioning the ability to succeed, but we need to approach this from multiple angles, and it's dangerous if you leave the research team here with the AFOSI agents. They're not... They're not looking out for the best interests of this project. I mean, Harris is going with. He wants a front row seat on one of the helicopters, my understanding. He's just excited on this topic as I am. Look, I understand that, but every man you have is not needed to operate the helicopter, right? He seems pretty unswayed by this kind of logic. Give me a human int. Can I roll as well, or is it just... Yeah, you all can. Everyone here can roll for this. 93 out of 40 failure. 32 out of 10. Failure. 1% out of 10% critical for human intelligence. I am suspecting that Harris wants us to get to the lake because we're firing on the base. Am I right? Or am I, am I getting like a, the right vibe? Uh, no. Damn it. <laughs> but also, that's not what human tests do. And your read on what's going on is a little bit confusing. Like this is, you might call this delusional confidence in the situation, if that makes any sense. Like, Farrell is a confident man. This is beyond confident. And I'd also say that maybe it makes sense that uh, Lookman got this because he's worked with Farrell. He's served under Farrell many times. Farrell is very good at his job. He is very effective in the field. He runs a tight ship. And does it make sense that he's this confident in the situation? Yeah, maybe. Purgatory is a hell of a weapon, but... This is a little bit almost unhinged confidence, like his response to the everything that's happened up to this point is to order the blue fly troopers in, the commandos in to throw people at this thing, not really knowing what the hell's going on with a unearned confidence that, yeah, we'll make it work. I put my hand up just to kind of get attention, not like a child, but, you know, just kind of. To signify you have something to say, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Look, I get it. Everyone on deck, I can't fly in my state. You know how much I want to be there, but I get it. Let me have my gun. There's shit in the woods. Dempsey's gone. I just need to make sure that we're good over here while everyone's over at the lake. Is that reasonable? Kind of shrugs at this. Yes, I suppose we can leave you with some equipment. I can't spare any commandos, though. All hands on deck for this, after all. And we'll be doing a few hours, I suspect, if the pattern holds. It's about, what, four hours to 1 a.m., give or take? Yeah, yeah. And I kind of both look at Cooler and Merlo just to silently just kind of, hey, just trust me on this. Let him do his thing. Does that sound reasonable with you two? I look over in Luckman to say, I trust you. And then I kind of snarkily look over at Farrell. Cooler doesn't say anything. Guns for them, too. Give me a persuade on that one. I don't know if I'm going to be able to hit that, like, lucky critical again, but, like, let's go. 16% out of 20%, yes. 
Lucky Luckman, hell, hell go. Hell yes. What the fuck is hell go? <laughs> you see Farrell kind of bounce the idea around his head for a second there, and he kind of shrugs and goes, yeah, if they get themselves killed playing with them, so be it, I suppose. Better safe than sorry having some equipment here for you. I'll have one of the team bring it over. Anything else for the injured captain? Can I get some fucking bandages? Clean yeah, ones? Yeah, yeah, I thought I told one of the team to come over and take a look at you. I'll send someone in to see if they can patch you up a little bit. Better not find out that those were reused by, from the morgue. Kyle laughs at this a little bit. Please, we have enough first aid supplies to not have to be reusing bandages just yet. With all the slaughter that was happening, thank God. All right. Good luck out there. Exits at that point. All right, so you've got a little bit of time before, hypothetically, the pattern repeats itself. As I said, you've got events seem to happen around 1.44 a.m., kind of around 9 p.m. at this point. You've got four hours and 45 minutes, give or take, type of situation. What are you going to do with that time? Let's go get you hooked up to the chair. Can I, can I rest first? I just got unhooked from the chair. Can I have an hour, Jeweler, please? If you want that to be a little less time, Marlowe and myself are looking for a solution. And, all right. <sighs> Fuck. Jesus, you are relentless. Fine, 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 fine. All right, hopefully the fucking sound of the choppers and everything will draw whatever is out there away from Weather Watcher. And we'll have some AFOSI guys with us, so. All right, let's go. Take care of this insanity. All right, so you head back outside to put Lookman back in the chair after an hour? I guess we're going immediately, seeing as how uh, Schuler drives a fucking hard nail in a... <laughs> Lookman, give me a 1d4 as some paramedic comes there, or some of the paramedic training comes in to kind of see if they can patch you up a little bit. We'll give you a little bit of health back before we put you back on the chair. That's a three, baby. All right. Yeah, so a medic comes in, patches you up some, manages to maybe pull some of the less embedded ones out of you. You're not in by any measure good shape, but you're better than you were, I suppose. And anything else you do in this hour before you go put Lookman back on the chair at roughly 10 p.m.? Does the first aid take an hour? Ah, it takes some time, definitely. The other two of you can do something in that time. I'm just going to stay and get like a full read on vitals on Lookman. I want to see sure. what changes once he goes into the chair. Sure. And I'm just going to assist on that one since yeah. medical's not really my field, but... No, totally makes sense. While I'm being checked up and kind of patched up, I'm kind of rolling through. You two know how to use firearms, right? Like, yeah. I have to explain to you how to how to work a gun. Yeah, I've got some experience. I look over at Luckman and I'm like, I know the basics. All right, cool. We're working under extreme weather conditions, so just make sure your shit's not greased. We don't want anything jamming up. If it's not greased, I don't think we're going to get it greased. Well, so as part of the kind of medical procedure... One of the blue fly paratroopers stops by with a duffel bag. In it, it contains three M16A2 rifles, capable of single shot, three round burst, and they are legit ass rifles. All right, you've got your guns. Luckman's been patched up some, but your escorts in tow, and you're just headed out to the chair. Yep. Yep. Any final thoughts as you climb up onto the chair, Captain Luckman? Ultimately. I don't perceive a good outcome, but at the same time, I'm a rescue paratrooper. If I got to do something stupid in order for people to get out of here safe, then I got to do something stupid. It's not my ideal choice, but you know what? Let's, let's take the risk to go home. 
I am reluctantly climbing up to the chair, kind of eyes closed, taking kind of a deep sigh. And I just kind of let it go as I lower myself into the seat. All right. Bracing for impact. Very good choice of words, because as you kind of sit back in the chair, the filaments leap back up into you, piercing into your skin and kind of holding themselves into you again for three points of damage. Everyone, give me another sand check as you're once again watching this just nightmare fuel happen. 21 out of 47 success. 31 out of 52% success. <laughs> 92 out of 36 failure. All right, if you pass that, just one point of sand damage. Makes a certain amount of sense. This is intentional. You were expecting the horribleness of this. But Dr. Merlot, it makes sense. You just got Lookman off of this thing, and you're going to take 1d4 points of sand damage. Take one. All right. Yeah, your security detail kind of watches you a little bit confused. You put Lookman back on there after everything you did to get him off there, but <laughs> makes sense. But so... Now that Lookman is on there, you're out in the cold and the snow and things are getting worse. What do you do at this point? I'm taking deep breaths and I am signaling my experiences, any kind of increased pain or any kind of increased sensation. And I guess just kind of kind of consistently talking to kind of let them know, like, if I lose consciousness, my silence should ideally be the signal. All right. I'm going to begin checking his vitals and everything. All right. So what is your medicine at again, or biology or microbiology? Do you want all of those? All right. Whatever one's the highest. All of them are 70. All right. So Captain Lookman is not putting off body heat. In fact, he is losing heat energy he would normally produce. Beyond the kind of reduced temperature you've all kind of gotten used to by now, this is more extreme. It's almost like something is leeching that away from him. The process that produces cell activity and creates body heat is still happening. It's all happening as it's supposed to, just as it is in the rest of you, but muted. It just seems to evaporate and kind of vanish into you're not sure where upon production and just kind of goes away. His body temperature is also slowly dropping, and within 24 hours, it will match the ambient temperature of the area around it. Give me a sand check. 28 out of 46 success. All right. No sand damage from that. You are in absolute science mode. I am dying and you are thrilled. <laughs> I start recounting my favorite NBA championship game. Sure. Just because I've completely run out of what I think would be scientific news or whatever the heck. Just again, to kind of keep talking. Can I talk about a basketball game and just kind of do an alertness check to see kind of what's out and whatnot? I'm not in a tent, right? I'm like... I'm kind of open. People can see yeah, me. People can see you. Tight, tight, tight. Kind of looking out. Do I notice anything or? Nah, nah, no hallucination. Just sitting there. I will say, though, that kind of based on what Dr. Schuler discovered, this kind of matches what you saw when you examined the risen dead. It's almost like the shrine is stealing energy in the form of heat away from Captain Lookman. Is there a way we could hook something up to give Lookman body heat, perhaps, so that he doesn't fully expire or turn into a zombie? Hooking something up to him, that might be hard, but you have had previous success with hooking stuff up to the chair itself to try and put more power into it, and as best you could tell, it also absorbed that. All right, let's get all the space heaters out here and start 
hooking them up to this thing. If you're trying to give it juice, you can actually run an electric current in it. For whatever reason, it takes that too. Fuck, we can get one of the the trucks out here and just hook the battery straight up to it. What am I, a James Bond villain now? (laughs) Oh, shit, now. Look, uh, any of you got any training with this kind of stuff? Like, I'm I'm full medical side, but I'm not going to be able to do anything with hooking electronics up to stuff. You got anything, Merlo? I mean, I'll coach you through it. I'm an electrician. Come on. I'll coach you through it. I did it, I did it before. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I am a scientist. It shouldn't be hard to follow instructions. We do that all the time with formulas. So. Great. I'm going to tell some of the AFOSI guys that I need them to pull up some of the trucks. All right. Everyone give me an intelligence check. 39 out of 90 success. 28 out of 90 success. Yo, this D student, A, D's get degrees, 58% out of 60% success. All right, so if you're looking for power, there's a couple obvious options, and there's also maybe you could do some research into kind of appropriate power might be the right phrase for it, or what you might think is appropriate power. There's power lines, lightning seems to happen as part of the incursion, which you could hypothetically kind of divert into lightning rods to help power this thing up. You got the heaters out there that will kind of provide some heat for it too, hypothetically. You can hook this up to generators that are powering all the various trailers. You could probably try strapping on some jumper cables from the various vehicles into this thing. Like, basically, I'm going to let you each per person kind of do, or I'll even do a couple of these to run out of time for this. What are you doing for each one of these? Efficiency minded, I'm going to suggest grabbing one of the generators, the closest generator for now, seeing as how the base is empty, while everyone else kind of grabs. Something a little bit stronger. Or I would suggest that generator first and then seeing if you could do stronger. Right. The lightning rods is interesting to me. So let's start off with your hooking the generators up to this thing in a more major way. Give me a craft electrician test as you're kind of trying to talk someone through this. 14% success for electrician out of 40%. All right, now roll me 2d4. That is a 6. Not take you six hours to talk someone through this. Maybe they get enough of it hooked up. Maybe they don't. You're not quite sure. Based on your estimate, you're down probably run out of time before 1 a.m. rolls around, or before 1.45, 1.44 a.m. rolls around, so it's going to be tight hypothetically, but maybe you'll pull it off, maybe you won't. Schuler, what are you doing during this? I'm going to just do something very simple because I don't have electronics. I'm going to simply get long pieces of metal and attach them to the chair and like point them upwards to act as lightning rods. All right. Am I the tallest structure here? Probably, once the once the rods are up. I mean, you could also maybe try and rig something up to, I don't know, help monitor the information, like make sure the extra juice you're pumping into this thing's not going to fry him or something like that, too. That instead. Give me a medicine or a surgery on that. I'm going to do medicine. 26 out of 70. All right, roll me 2d4. Five. Again, maybe you got it done, maybe you didn't. I want to note. Five minutes before the event's going to happen, I'm bugging out to my little bunker, and I'm going to drag Merlo with me. All right. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) All right, and last but not least, Merlo, what are you doing in this situation? You could try and, like, calculate what power levels might be needed. You could try and... I don't know what the right phrase is. You could try and get the lightning rods we talked about up. Like, what are you trying to do in this moment? Well, calculating the power levels... Wouldn't necessarily be too far off for me, considering I have a background in physics. And so technically, like not going obviously over the top with like 
estimating like electric levels wouldn't actually be too far from the ballpark of somebody who's very familiar with physics. So yeah, so give me a physics test. Okay, uh, twenty-seven out of seventy success. All right, and give me two d four to see if you get it done in time, or if you can do another one hypothetically. I rolled a two. All right, so you actually get that done in two hours, meaning kind of based on your rough calculations, you have about two hours, give or take, to do another thing in if you want. Okay. So what other two items are left? You said there's, I already did the calculating electricity levels. There's set a helping setup with the... You got options. Like you can try and like get the crew to like run power cables to the chair. Like there's a myriad of things you can do just to try and get more power into this. There was talk about bringing the heaters out to try and pump more ambient heat on it. Like, hell, for all you know, just putting dead animals on it might work. But you have no clue. Hmm. I kind of like the idea of the lightning rods, like feeding, I guess, setting it up so that it feeds into the chair. Sure. So, and that shouldn't be too hard to set up. Again, also, that actually would be really good for me considering I specialize in meteorology. So I would be pretty astute when it comes to like lightning rods and weather related stuff of that nature when it comes yeah. to storms. Give me a roll for that. Okay. Oh, 82 out of 70 failure. Nah, it's just not happening, and yeah, you're out of time on that one pretty hard, so yeah, so you managed to kind of partially get the generators hooked up to this thing, you managed to kind of partially maybe cushion the shock value, you do successfully do a job of calculating kind of what power probably needs to get sent into this thing, and as you're running around, this is all weird, like you probably at one point hear a couple helicopters take off in the background, Farrell comes out and looks at this once or twice and kind of shrugs and goes off. Harris looks at all this like you're just going insane at one point or another, but leaves you to it at this point. What the hell would he care? Slowly but surely, the camp empties out around you, and 1.44 a.m. arrives. (laughs) 